I have called up in all my years of sorcery, no god or devil, ominous and gibbous. And the thing was a streaming ooze of charnel The wormy corpses that he dug with his hands from unconsecrated graves. It is verily known by few, there were people, but it's mostly priests and women, it is told, whom he picked up as they fled, and pulled limb from limb as a child might quarter an insect. The Double, the double shadow. shadow, a Clark, Clark, Ashton, Ashton, Clark Ashton Smith podcast. Hello, and welcome to The Double Shadow, a podcast exploring the weird fiction of 20th century writer Clark Ashton Smith. I'm Tim. I'm Phil. And I'm Ruth. And this week we'll be covering The Charnel God. Episode 47. We I didn't think, mention it last time, but... I think that's right. Episode yeah. 47, yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right, we're, we're at least back. temporarily back, guys. Let's not burn this out. Let's not waste <laughs> yeah. it. Let's not yeah. jinx it, but we're right. the back. We're the back and we're the best. Yes. <laughs> All the thes. <laughs> we're the back, the best, and also the Eternal God. So, the Eternal God first appeared in the March 1934 issue of Weird Tales, uh, alongside the Winged Death, um, which I've never read, but I guess is an HPL story written as Hazel Heel. Really? Uh, well, Heel? it was... I think it was collaboration. Right, because she was a real person, right? Oh, she was. Well, yeah. the, the notation one of those edits in, that, he did. in the website where I get all this stuff mm-hmm. from said as. So, hmm. um, Oh, well, yeah. Uh, along with work by Hubie Cave, Stuart Strauss, Florence Crow, and others. The story may have had an illustration by Smith himself, but I can't Ooh. seem to find it mm. anywhere. And the reason I say that, we'll talk about later, because it's from a letter that Robert E. Howard wrote about the story. Mm. I really wanted to find something by Florence Crow. Uh, I mean, whatever. I've, I've lamented this countless times that it's <laughs> yeah. so hard to find the non-famous Weird Tales people. Like, the internet just has no recollection of them whatsoever. How come somebody doesn't have scans of every issue of Weird Tales? What's um, up with that? It is still in copyright. Ah. Yeah, but I mean, I bet you could find it somewhere. Just not like, you know, when, when I Google the stuff, it's like the top four Google pages doesn't have anything. Yeah. Maybe we right. got a little deeper. Well, I think you'd have to have a full collection. Yeah. So either right. you'd have to have like be a collector and have a collection or you'd have to like go to Brown and scan their stuff. And I think they'd notice. Do they do they have all of them, Brown? They have tons of them. Yeah. Hmm. Well, someone should do that. Someone who's a digital librarian should prioritize this and... Uh, <laughs> Look, guys, when you actually work in the biz, you have to play by the rules. I can't cowboy. You can. Also, do you think anybody would care if Florence Crow's poem was was online? So you you know that the like you jinx it, right? Like some, it's the weirdest thing because sometimes nobody cares, and then it's like sometimes people care very much. Yeah, suddenly, someone I would cares. love to see a copyright battle over Florence Crow's <laughs> single published poem in a nineteen thirty four issue of Weird Tales. <laughs> Me too. Hold on, I want to look up the title of the poem. Okay. Uh, the poem in that issue is Remembrance by Mary C. Shaw. Ah. Yeah. I just did a quick Google search. She's cited in a book, Florence Crow, The Nightmare Road, is cited in a book called The Influence of Imagination. Essays on science fiction and fantasy as agents of social change. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 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 Let's learn about Mordigian. <laughs> Mordigian is the god of Sul Baser, 
said the innkeeper with unctuous solemnity. He has been the god from years that are lost to man's memory in shadow deeper than the subterranes of his black temple. There is no other god in Zulbazer, and all who die within the walls of the city are sacred to Mordigian. Even the kings and the optimates at death are delivered into the hands of his muffled priests. It is the law and the custom. A little while, and the priests will come for your bride. But Alaith is not dead, protested the youth, Farium. His hierophants were equally mysterious. They lived at the temple and emerged from it only in the execution of their funeral duties. No one knew the manner of their recruiting, but many believed that they were both male and female, thus renewing their numbers from generation to generation with no ulterior commerce. Others thought that they were not human beings at all, but an order of subterranean earth entities who lived forever and who fed upon corpses like the god himself. Through this latter belief of late years, a minor heresy had risen, some holding that Mordigian was a mere hieratic figment, and the priests were the sole devourers of the dead. The dealer, quoting this heresy, made haste to disavow it with pious reprobation. And that's how it starts. Yeah, I I really like so I we liked those like lazy gods and stuff, yeah. but of the of the weird gods, of the scary gods, Mordigian is my hands down favorite, and I have a reason for it. Okay, we we've established something about Zothique, right? Yeah. Really all across this worlds, but especially Zothique. Mm-hmm. There are hella necromancers. Yep. I mean, the last story had a necromancer who just like reanimates birds. We started off with Empire of the Necromancers, and you saw what happened there. And then um, this story's got a necromancer in it, and a necromancer with like really specific designs. And I think I think maybe even this story is sort of an argument for the existence of the charnel god to, to justify his existence, because I would so much rather, when I die, just be eaten by a great ghoul <laughs> than right? become a necromantic Slave, pyramid thrall. builder, yeah. a necromantic concubine any of these other things that you that necromancers do to you they're terrible all of the zothique series are ways to escape (laughs) being reused by necromancers they're all they're all like death has happy ending right that was the same that's the same ending as uh empire the necromancers is like Uh oh and then they're dead but they're dead for good this time so you don't have to worry (laughs) Uh (laughs) right like they these people the people of um i'm sorry i've forgotten their name again Zul Bashir. Zul Bashir, yeah. They have insurance. They got insurance. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now they don't have to uh they don't have to worry about it. But uh to to an earlier statement you made, he's kind of lazy though. Yeah, he is kind of lazy, so maybe he's in <laughs> with those lazy gods. He's just yeah. not quite as lazy as like Sathagwa or Sun Moat Belly speaking god. Uh Gyol. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna start saying Gyol is the god of fifty. That's where I live. <laughs> I can um, see that. I guess we we'll have to take that out of the podcast. Do we? Yeah. I don't do know. Mind? Do, we? do you yeah. mind visitors? <laughs> do we want people stalking Phil at his house? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like the quote too that somebody pulled out here. The dark maw of his temple yearns eternally, and no man, no child, no woman throughout the years has evaded its yawning. All mortal flesh must become, in due time, the provender of the god. 
Through yeah. him, we are saved from corruption and the worm. So, I mean, there's another point there, right? You're going to rot or be eaten. Right. Or both, you know, if you know biology. So, what's the point? Yeah, just serve a God by the gold. his, his yeah. meal. Yeah, Phil and I were joking uh, a few weeks ago. What did you say, Phil? More dig in for president. It's my, it's my standard joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I said, all dead will be eaten. And, you know, it's fair. I'd vote for him. He's a fair god. I mean, as I say in the notes, it makes sense. It does. Mordigian, it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm not entirely sure what the people of Zulbasir get in return, right? I think just safety, right? Is it it safety? I don't know if it is. I mean, there's no, like, there's no, like, his his weird skull-faced priests aren't, like, the army. They're not, like, protecting him from anything, are they? safety from necromancers it's very specific necromancer insurance basically. well yeah except that they make a deal with the necromancers so yeah it's, not it's true much so it's supposed to be necromancer insurance <laughs> as to whether it actually turns out to be mm. who's to so say yeah so we've got this guy this youth Faryon, and his his bride like they're talking about mm-hmm. his bride who yeah is quote unquote dead yeah but she's just had a seizure or yeah. something so it's like narcoleptic i mean that's basically what she is right she's narcoleptic something like that because she has seizures and then she goes into a catatonic state where she seems dead but she isn't yeah but Um, there's like a bureaucracy of more digging on here yeah and the guy the innkeeper's like well she looks dead so they're gonna come take her yeah yeah like somebody already said that she was dead so pretty much that's your only option right now so the priests, the priests of Mordigian do indeed come to take her, and they're mm-hmm. crazy. These these things, they yeah, they're cool. Have skull masks, and they wear long purple robes, and their hands are hidden. It says they have fingerless gloves. Yeah, but I don't really understand that because later on there's like a reveal about their hands. So I guess maybe the the it's on the palm where the claw. Spoiler alert is right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I pictured them as being uh, like really long, like almost like mittens, mm-hmm. right. like no fingers, but like too in their long. gloves, like their gloves don't have fingers, meaning they're gloves but without fingers, like mittens. So they're mittens, uh, not like uh, not like they're missing fingers. Well, so that's that kind of adorable. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're mitten wearing <laughs> priests. The mitten wearing priests of Mordigian. They're mitten wearing skull masked. <laughs> purple-robed priests. They're great. <laughs> yeah, and their skulls are made of silver, I believe. And they can fight. Yeah, so so when they come to take his love, I can't remember her name, Elaith, Ferium, you know, like a young lover would, tries to fight the priests off, but gets summarily beaten down yep. pretty pretty quickly uh, and knocked mm-hmm. out. Um, and when he wakes up, the innkeeper explains to him that the priests of Mordigian are merciful. They make allowances for the frenzy and distraction of the newly bereaved. And it is well for him that they are compassionate and considerate of mortal weakness. So again, yeah. like, like they're not dicks. <laughs> like, no, they only want the dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, again, I think I like about Mordickian, right? He doesn't want you unless you're dead. Yeah. And that's like, that becomes a thing in this story. Yeah. They don't seem to be like the kind of, you know, some people, some ghouls pre-kill. These are, these are yeah, classic true. ghouls. Mm-hmm. Mordickian has rules and he plays by those rules. <laughs> But you know he's he's not dissuaded. This is his no. bride, yeah, and he knows she's not dead, and so he doesn't want her waking up in a charnel house. Farian was like, "I didn't know that these were the rules." I mean, he had heard of Zul by Cher and Mordigan, but he didn't know that that's 
the town that they were stopping in. Right. He didn't book. This is not the version of the trip that he booked. <laughs> like everything's gone a little bit wrong. And that's part of it. Imagine the travel poster to Zulbashir that on the top it says, <laughs> Mordigian is the god of Zulbashir. <laughs> if you die here, you're safe from necromancers, though. Yeah, true. That is great. <laughs> um, so Ferium was crossing the desert. He's like a um, like an outcast from his home city, basically. And mm-hmm. he's yeah. traveling to the south by dromedary. There are a lot of yep. dromedaries in this story. <laughs> I just want everyone to be aware. And they get attacked, right? And that's how they ended up in, in Zildashir. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just by way of backstory. Ferium um, goes out into the city to try to figure out his way to, to, to the temple of Mordigian to save his, to save Alaith. Um, and there's this kind of cool little sequence where, like, at first, the whole city seems like this horrible nightmare to him because he's just lost, you know, his mm-hmm. wife and yada, yada, yada. But then slowly, like, that nightmare Paul lifts, lifts from his view and he realizes that now actually the city just, like, the city's fine. Like, it's, everything functions. There's, you know, it's just yeah. like a normal city except for this one thing that they right. have more digging in. Little detail. Yeah, but he's a, he seemed benign. He was a benign god. Yeah, he's like lazy. nobody's freaked out by this. No. Even the people who, and like he can start to tell who's from the city even, but even the people not from the city seem pretty chill about yeah. it. Yeah. Because on the posters it says, <laughs> Mordigian is the god, god. of so <laughs> That's all it says. All he would have gotten it, you know, on those Google Maps where they say like, has tolls, has tolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mordigian is the god, god. <laughs> so Yep. Um, so he has a conversation with well there's two things like we learn a little bit more about the the, the, the what they say about the priest things um, mm-hmm. basically right. that no one really knows where they come from they don't know how they're recruited uh, many think that they're both male and female thus they renew their number from generation to generation with no ulterior commerce so they're just in there eating the dead and boning yep. that's what it boils down to <laughs> it's a house of sex and death <laughs> Come to Zilbashir. Mordigian's the god. Don't worry about it. Um, and people aren't sure if they're humans or they're not humans. Yeah. Um, some and people the, think that maybe they're subterranean as well. There's this, like, this the guy that um, Feriam is talking to also whispers this blasphemy that some think that Mordigian is made up. And it's actually just the priests who are <laughs> eating these. Just want to eat the bodies. Yeah. It's heresy, though. So, you know. So eventually, Ferium sees some priests uh, carrying a dead woman through the streets and follows them. Um, and along the way, in the manner of, like, you know, expedition everywhere, he mm-hmm. overhears that the body is that of Arctella, um, a daughter of Queos, a high noble and magistrate of Zulbashir, which is a detail that I didn't think was going to become important. And then I realized that the story kind of has, like, a nice bifurcated uh structure which is kind yeah of it. Mm-hmm. it does so he follows the priests all the way to the heart of the city which is where the temple of mordigian is and you know it's portals yawn sepulchrally so don't worry about it wait who's mordigian he is the god of zulbashir oh right okay <laughs> zulbasir zulbar how, how Zulba. probably zulbasir yeah i keep so wanting to put a shh on it but i yeah. think it's zulbasir zulbasir there's an H in there. Well, I think that H is just for, it's a silent H. Oh, okay, fine. Just for effect. <laughs> Wait, who's predicting? <laughs> okay, so he gets to the, <laughs> he gets to the temple and he just sits and waits. Like, like yeah. you know, you know, like a D&D adventure. You don't yeah. want to go yeah, in exactly. the temple until yep. the right time. You got to you know? case the joint. Uh-huh. He's yeah. like, 
does a gather information check and then he goes and just hangs out. I mean, that's a classic story. gather information check. <laughs> classic. And then there's, there's a screen wipe to another scene. <laughs> Abnun Tha, sorcerer and necromancer, was felicitating himself on the bargain he had made with the priests of Mordigian. He felt, perhaps justly, that no one less clever than he could have conceived and executed the various procedures that had made possible this bargain, through which Arctella, daughter of the proud Quaus, would become his unquestioning slave. No other lover, he told himself, could have been resourceful enough to obtain a desired woman in this fashion. Arctella, betrothed to Elos, a young noble of the city, was seemingly beyond the aspiration of a sorcerer. Abnun Tha, however, was no common hedge wizard, but an adept of long standing in the most awful and profound arcana of the black arts. He knew the spells that kill more quickly and surely than knife or poison, at a distance, and he knew also the darker spells by which the dead can be reanimated, even after years or ages of decay. He had slain Arctella in a manner that none could detect, with a rare and subtle involtuation that had left no mark, and her body lay now among the dead in Mordigian's temple. Tonight, with the tacit connivance of the terrible shrouded priests, he would bring her back to life. So, yeah, this guy is pretty gross He's super and gross. he can't get a date yeah but you know it's, it's important to have him as your your contrast to our our stolid young lover right who's actually a decent lover. dude a sweet lover very <laughs> loving as sweet as Farium's loving <laughs> sweet innocent Farium, who's just like she's not dead i feel like he's saying that to everybody on the street but Ab- abnon tha he made a deal with the priests mm-hmm. of Mordigian. Let's see how that turns out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I have to say I'm pretty um pretty disappointed like with the priests. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they, they say, you, you know, because it because it kind of undercuts your whole theory about Mordigian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's this is yeah. the weak link in the chain I don't know of if these it does. priests. I think it but, I think it strengthens it. No. What are you talking well, about? It, yeah, I mean, it makes Mordigian better. It makes the priests right. fallible though. Well, yeah, um, but it doesn't matter. Mordigian is the god of Zubaisair. <laughs> But it's yeah. not like the priests get punished for their and like the deal's pretty is pretty pretty effed I'm, up. Like like this is what it says. Well, Since the privilege was slightly irregular from their viewpoint. Slightly irregular. Yeah. It's not like they hate necromancy. <laughs> no. He had found it necessary to bribe them. Not, however, with gold, but with the promise of a liberal purveyance of matters more sinister and corruptible than gold. Oh, what does what that mean? That? <laughs> right? When you're a, when you're a priest of Mordigian, you probably need all kinds of random crap. Huh. Like perform your sacrifices. Maybe more digging likes this weird kind of incense that you know you can only get from I don't know. Yeah, Is that a they, matter that's more sinister and corruptible than gold? I don't think so. They they <laughs> and they engage in no ulterior commerce. So who knows? Maybe they wanted like uh, you know some TP down there. <laughs> Tim, that's not more sinister or corruptible than gold. <laughs> that's true. Um, it is more corruptible. I I would love. For this podcast to name a single thing that's more sinister and corruptible okay, than gold. Okay, let's think. It's a liberal purveyance <laughs> of matters more sinister and corruptible than gold. So a lot of something that's both I mean, more evil and more corruptible than gold. It's I have not, no idea. It's not no dead idea. bodies because they've got those. They've got yeah, plenty they've got of dead the bodies. dead bodies. And normally it's dead bodies. 
see mm. i my reading of it was that they that there was some like aspect of the necromantic arts that they needed that they need for something but what the hell could it possibly be i don't know right i don't know Maybe Let's they just have a hard time getting Eye of Newt because they're always getting, like, Eye of Human. Is Eye of Newt more sinister than gold? I don't it's think so. It's more corruptible. Like, a lot <laughs> is more corruptible. I'm just going on the corruptible thing. Also, it is more sinister, I think. It's an eye. Gold is, like, you know. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> Point? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so he's got two assistants. Yeah. This yeah, ab- that's, that's weird to me because, like, I'm used to them with one. And this guy totally has teeth. He's like running a program. Well, and one of them is kind of... Oh, wait. Let's go into there. Well, first of all, their names are Nagai and Themba Sith. Sith? Yeah. They sound like um, like onomatopoeia of like hitting drums. <laughs> <laughs> Nagai, Nagai, Nagai. Themba Sith. Themba Sith. <laughs> like that? Yep. Exactly okay. like that. So what's their plan? What what are they bribing priests to do? Oh, did well, we talk Tim, about that already? <laughs> put your mind into the oh. mind of not just a sex creep, because I know that's not a stretch, but a sex <laughs> creep who has necromantic abilities. Right on. <laughs> that's their plan. They're going to yep. reanimate the body of Rattella so that Abnon may possess her. Um, yes. Not in like the demon sense, in like the weird sex pest sense. Yeah. Um, I don't so, know which would be better, honestly. Um, well, she's dead, so I don't know either. <laughs> Frankly, <laughs> like, he's already killed her. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, the assistants are of two minds. Yeah. Nargai thinks the plan is maybe a little nuts. Mm-hmm. He's heard things about the priests that makes him think that you probably shouldn't mess around with Mordigian. But Abnon's pretty confident. Yeah. You want to know why? Yeah. He's got really fast dromedaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm not even joking. That's what he says. <laughs> if the priests chase him, he's got the fastest dromedaries in Zilbasir. They'll Zilbasar, Sair. And they're, they'll get into the desert faster than the priests can chase them. So Yeah. And they're doing the, they're going to do a ritual and they're doing it uh, like right before the priest feast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they'll, uh, he says they'll sleep like gorged vultures. Yeah. Right. Um, and he's and, he's got this like game in place too, you know. Yeah, he's gonna leave another body in her place. And I'm like, I don't think he realizes that her betrothed by living in Zulbaser also belongs to Mordigian. They say Mordigian does not sleep, and he watches yeah. all things eternally from his back black vault beneath the temple. So, so uh, well, we first Farium has yeah, to we, break into the temple. We jump back to Farium, right? And he goes in first, um, and is like. And then when they come in, he hides. So he goes in and he finds um, Aleth and notices that there's like another beautiful woman, dead woman next to Aleth. Um, oh, um, sorry, guys. I just realized. Um, I think isn't he from Isle of the Torturers? Like he's from Sotar, and he totally ditched the place. Oh. So he came from the infamous half mythic mythic Isle of Sot- Sotar. Hmm. Like a sleek young vulture. Anyway, that just really interested me when I saw it because, of course, it's, he's really building in a world mythology here. You've got that desert that they're traveling through, which made me think of Empire of the Necromancers, although they didn't use dromedaries. I love that. I mean, I love that Abdon thought he's he's got his ass covered in three ways, like <laughs> dromedaries and the drugged up priests or the you know drunk on flesh priests and um, and the other body. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, as far as plans goes, there are worse plans, right? So now. 
Now our young lover is uh, breaking into the temple. Sorry, back to that. So he goes to the temple, and then he hears people coming. And Ufarium's kind of lucky, right? Because he obviously hasn't done that much reconnaissance, um, but just happens to enter the temple at about the same time as Abnon Tha, who has this whole plan in place. And he hides, like, as far as I could tell, like, hides on the sacrifice, or, like, behind the sacrificial altar. He hides someplace that seems a little, like, maybe not the best place to hide to me. I mean, nothing comes of it, but I was just like, oh, that's maybe not the best place to hide. Yeah, so he he's hiding in the temple, and I think he doesn't quite get it that people really, like, nobody's barred from this temple. People just don't come in here because there's no point in coming in. Uh, but then when they notice that Elaith is also beautiful, yeah, Bemisith is like, yeah. oh... Uh, I should probably, we should probably take her too. Because... <laughs> like one for the road? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and Edmond thought was like, it's going to slow us down, but I've got these really fast dromedaries, so. <laughs> They're so fast, man. Let's let's just take her. Let's just, let's, let's just do it. <laughs> also, this, this unbalances the plan. I mean, I think his plan was crap, but you know, <laughs> it really unbalances the plan here. So we'll have take... to kill the other assistant and leave him behind. They take the bodies. They have to take them to like a special room, right? I was a little yeah. confused on this. Like, is this the room where his necromancy, where he always does his necromancy? Is that what it that's, is? Yeah, that's the impression I got. Like, that his his deal is definitely not for this kind of thing. His deal yeah. is to do necromancy within the place, never take them out, and leave right. them at the end of the night. There, he's allowed to do experiments on them, but he's not allowed to take them home or anything like that. <laughs> not allowed to keep them after he's done. He has to unanimate them and leave them for more digging to eat. And, like, he's clearly decorated the room, too. Like, you've got two guys with braziers and censors, and and the third guy just looking apprehensive. <laughs> like, I want to learn necromancy, but, you know. And then they start the ritual, and with classic comedic timing, that is when Elaith wakes up. And it makes them the Sith start to brag. He's like, check it out, boss. My spells are better than yours. I already woke up this woman who I'm going to have be my zombie slave and it's at that moment when ferium realizes what's going on that he basically rushes in to attack the the necromancers which is maybe not the best idea he's like a stout youth this, this is what this is what stout youths do <laughs> they love and they attack now what is so they're gonna kill him but they don't because ebnonthal is like no 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 let's all work together uh, or something? Uh, he says, I'm Abnon Tha, the necromancer, and these are my peoples. Oh, and he tells them, like, she's not dead. She was just, she was just in a trance. Your people didn't raise her up. Yeah. So then they're, they, they, offer, they offer him to come with them, right? Yeah. 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 And he can tell that that's shady. He says, hey, it's too far for our charnel god and his ghouls to come. So, right. That might not be a bad idea for them to go, but you know. We won't stab you in the back. <clears throat> but why not kill him here? I'm, I'm still, I was confused on this point, too. Like, why the double cross? Well, they, they do basically kill him here. But they make him turn his back so that he can't... Well, well I, I guess, I guess my point being, like, why not? Why, why have the conversation? Uh, I think they they're... wanted to find out what he was doing there. Like, uh, maybe. the guy, the necromancer starts off with, you know, are, are you aware of where you are? Like, do, right. do you even know that Mordigian is the god of Zulbasir? <laughs> and like, dude, you're about to steal from him. I don't, I don't know what your game is here. Right, right. So whatever the case, Ethereum s- succeeds in that dice roll and realizes that they're yep. um, 
kind of trick him. So he attacks him with a metal brazier, right? Like full yeah. of holes. Yeah. He throws him in Vembat's Sith's face. Vembat's. Vembat's. And that's when something horrible happens. So the attack happens, and then he, um, Nargyle is about to attack when suddenly he just stops and starts yeah. staring at something. He sees something. Petrified mm-hmm. by the yep. vision of some Gorgonian specter. As if compelled by another will than his own, the youth turned and saw the thing that had halted Nargai's blow. Arctella and Abnon Tha, pausing before the open door, were outlined against a colossal shadow that was not wrought by anything in the room. It filled the portals from side to side. It towered above the lintel. And then, swiftly, it became more than a shadow. It was a bulk of darkness, black and opaque, that somehow blinded the eyes with a strange dazzlement. It seemed to suck the flame from the red urns and fill the chamber with a chill of utter death and voidness. Its form was that of a worm-shapen column, huge as a dragon, its further coils still issuing from the gloom of the corridor. But it changed from moment to moment, swirling and spinning, as if alive with the vortical energies of dark eons. Briefly, it took the semblance of some demoniac giant with eyeless head and limbless body, and then, leaping and spreading like smoky fire, it swept forward into the chamber. So he's not that lazy. No. <laughs> he's super awesome. Tell me, what do you think the vortical energies of Dark Eons are like if they were spinning? Oh, man. <laughs> Probably some kind of galaxy-type yeah. thing. Like the, the blackness of space. It's pretty rad. It's a pretty great... Yeah. Uh, yeah. God? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty it's a pretty great god. <laughs> Huge as a dragon. Which is interesting, because it's like, there aren't any other dragons, there aren't any dragons in Clark Ashton Smith fiction. So I'm wondering, like, <laughs> what's, what's Smith's scale for dragon size? Yeah. I feel like he's mentioned dragons a lot, but... Oh, really? He's never actually put... I, I think it's something that has come up. Yeah. It feels like something that, a word that he would think would be cool and majestic and would just throw in... To compare other things to. Right, yeah. Same thing with evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. So it sweeps in and it eats Arctella. Yep. Because she's dead. Yep. Yep. So she's, she's his. Yep. <laughs> and then the priests come running in. Yeah. Yep. And they are, they are ready to fight. They are not, in fact, drunk. Or And they are also not, in fact, drunk. human as it, as it turns out. No. Down. No. Wah, wah. <laughs> Yeah, they're, uh, they remove their skull-like masks and reveal heads and faces that were half anthropomorphic, half canine, and wholly diabolic. <laughs> it's like RoboCop. <laughs> oh man, half it is man, like half RoboCop. Machine, all cop. I wish OCP <laughs> did more things with like half canine beasts. Like these are pretty clearly. Um... I mean, they're pretty classic ghouls, like a lot yeah. of ghouls anyway, at least in Lovecraft and stuff, tend to right. be a bit canine, so. Plus the jackals and hyenas, like, they literally sound like jackals and mm-hmm. hyenas both. Yeah, they they close like a ring of jackals on Abnam Thaw. These ones in this hyena apology, yeah, they are pretty cool. I hear Mordidian is the god of old Detroit. <laughs> 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 um... 
so they start eating the necromancers and then one of them and this is so creepy to me one of mm-hmm. them stops and uh turns to Ferriam and is like and this leads into our last reading but then like talks to him he's like oh yeah. my, my buddies are feasting but if you're confused they're like just, howling and snarling let and me just lay barking. it out for you here <laughs> yeah his hollow voice like a tomb reverberate barking go four more digging is a just god who claims only the dead and has no concern with the living and we the priests of Mordigian deal in our own fashion with those who would violate his law by removing the dead from the temple. Ferium, with the lathe still leaning on his shoulder, went out into the dark hall, hearing a hideous clamor in which the screams of men were mingled with a growling as of jackals, a laughter as of hyenas. The clamor ceased as they entered the blue-lit sanctuary and passed toward the outer corridor and the silence that filled behind them was as deep as the silence of the dead on the black altar table. It's pretty rad. So I wonder if... So the priests made that deal knowing that they were going to kill him for doing it anyway, right? No, I don't think so. Because I, like, I think their deal... This is what I think the deal was. Yeah. You're a necromancer, Abnon Thaw. Okay. You're a creeper. But we don't care about that. Come into our temple, and we're going to give you an office. And in that office, <laughs> no, basically, you can, you can do your necromancy, but you can't right. ever bring the reanimated corpses out oh, right. of it's the temple. Very Garden of Eden. So his his deal wasn't wasn't the deal to be able to take this girl. I thought it was his. I thought he made a deal no, with them I, to be able to take. Oh this no, girl. no, no! He was dealing with them. So no, he'd no, be no, able no. To do experiments. No. I see. Yeah, yep. he just right. he yep. got the office gig, right. so they mm. they eat him because he's broken the terms of it. Like right. there's somewhere in there that it says like basically every night he has to deanimate them. So then, how then? I wonder, do they know that he was going to leave? I guess maybe they overheard the whole conversation, which is maybe also the maybe. narrative. Mordigian is psychic. I feel like you know that this whole thing from Ferriam's perspective could have just been resolved if a. The jackal priests were a little bit more doctor and a little bit less uh, corpse hauler. Like, if they could have just taken her pulse, uh, they probably would have known that she wasn't dead. How are they going to take her pulse when they're wearing mittens? Yeah. They deal all day long with the dead. Surely things like this have happened in the past. Surely. This can't be the only time that somebody has been like, oh, my aunt's dead. And then they come and they take her in and then she wakes up. You know, I was reading um, some stuff earlier about New York City, and it, like, these are clearly that kind of coroner. Like, they didn't have to have any special training or anything like that. And so they could just say whatever they wanted. Like, there were, there were plumbers that were coroners, there huh. were politicians that were coroners. Willing to handle the dead. Basically, yeah. Huh. So clearly, there's, there's no medical training required for this job, and New York was <laughs> fixing that around this yeah, time. Yeah, but the difference, it was the like, difference is. Um, the coroners in New York City weren't serving the god of New York City. I would like to think if Mordigian were your god, you'd be a little bit more sure you weren't feeding him something that wasn't to his taste. I said, yeah, well, I suppose if they, they if they wake up, they wake up. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, they, right. maybe they have to lie maybe there they for 24 up, hours home. or something. Yeah, yeah right. And Mordigian, if, they, if they're alive, he's not going to eat them, no matter right. if Mordigian, they're in like, a... sniffs it and yeah. passes it. He'll like, know. 
Yeah. You know, I give my dog like lettuce and carrots. He'll eat the carrot and he'll just sniff the lettuce and keep yeah. going. Yeah. Like more digging. Exactly. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it reminds me of those, you've heard about those, like the coffins they used to bury with the bells. Uh-huh. So yep. if they would, people would wake up, they could ring the bell. <laughs> you just want there to be some kind of assurance before more digging in, before the big boss comes down. No, I don't even want more culpability. I don't even care, don't even care about the, the big boss. I I want I want the priests to do a little effing due diligence before they just haul people <laughs> away to the temple. Yeah, but these priests are maniacs. They're making deals. What are you deals. talking about, maniacs? Look at they're, this, they're, this. They're they've gone rogue. No, no. This last main this last maniac. This this priest's last line. He's clearly a very sensible. I'm not going to call him a person, but he's clearly a very <laughs> sensible ghoul. Well, he Maybe. is, but they made some bad choices. Who knows? Who knows? This will teach him about the higher any more creepy um, necrophiliac rapists. I'll tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, as it turns out, Robert E. Howard loved this story. He wrote to Clark Ashton Smith around the publishing of the story, I was glad to see your illustration of your really magnificent charnel god. The story, that story is really a tremendously powerful thing. Sinister figures moving mysteriously against a black background of subtle horror. I don't know when I read anything I admired more. Oh, I want to see that illustration. I know. So I'm wondering hmm. if it was like maybe maybe the illustration wasn't in the magazine. Maybe he like sent it to Howard or something. Oh, maybe. You know. Mm-hmm. If you if you Google it, there are a lot of people have drawn aspects of the story a lot. Yeah. But I don't think mm-hmm. any of them are Smith's own drawing. Right. Um, yeah, I think. And I mean, sometimes he would circulate things before he sent them off, so it's possible mm-hmm. he sent it with a drawing and it wasn't accepted with the drawing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a, it's a pretty, like, speaking of happy endings, I mean, this also has, I'm going to say, a slightly happier, not even slightly, a happier ending than, than oh, yeah, Uberan, totally. for sure. Yeah, yeah it's definitely, it's a, it's, his endings usually have some kind of weird justice to them. Yeah. And th- this one also, but the... Uh, Nothing weird happened to the, to the, hero. the heroes. Yeah. yeah, he just got a little lesson about yeah. uh, the god of Zul Basar. Yeah, and uh, they get to one assumes they probably take their dromedary. Yep, definitely. get out of town that night. Those dromedaries were bred for racing, so yeah, actually, they should take the other guy's want. dromedaries. <laughs> <laughs> if one travels to Zul Basar, be sure to stop at the local dromedary. <laughs> race tracks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's not really too much to to say say about the story. It's yeah. it's it's a really nice little tidy story. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's a little fat in the middle there, but it's uh it's pretty great. Where's the fat, Tim? Just when he when he's like wandering around the city. No, I think that is context. That is context, and it brings us into the psychology of our hero. You need the backstory. <laughs> yeah, you have to be like, why is this guy, you know, why is he here? Why did he come here if he had a, a you know, narcoleptic bride? And the answer is, oh, yeah, uh, well, ambushed by ambushed by pirates is good. Yeah. I wish he was fighting vampires. <laughs> Not everything can be vampires. That by should way, be in the middle of every story. <laughs> this kind of felt like pirate vampires, too. It felt like a little bit Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. weird. Anyway. Pirate vampires. That's for another episode. That was a great idea. Somebody called Clark <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm yeah. ready to say goodbye to Mordigian, but I don't know if I have anything else to say about him. He's yeah. not in any of the others, right? No. We get so. to meet Faceadon. Mordigian for president, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. I mean, mm-hmm. 
apparently, if you Google, if you go to the Wikipedia on Mordigian, they identify him mm. as a great old one, but that just seems a little ridiculous. Yeah, I feel mm. like I feel like um, Hans Smith put Mordigian into the great old one things. He's just not a very. I mean, you know, Azathoth just sort of prances around listening to other people play flutes. So, Mordigian for president. Mordigian for no president. dead undevoured. <laughs> Stick to the rules. Yeah. You'll be fine. All right then. I guess. Uh, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. What do we do um, next time? What do we do? Good is question. it the Dark Eidolon? Oh, I hope I so. Think it might that be, yeah. one is a super winner. Yeah. No, it's not Eidolon yet. It's um, we were in the vault. We have to do Dark Eidolon wasn't published till 1935. Oh yeah, these are some of the weirder oh, ones. Right. Yeah. And there's a play in Zathik too, right? Yeah, that's not one that's of the, the last very, ones. Very last one though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could do a little uh, <laughs> stage stage a little reading we shouldn't even we should just stage it yeah Let's, that's what i mean no no i mean like literally do it on with stage. real actors yeah. yeah i know <laughs> that should be our last episode a live performance not recorded you have to be there to experience it just it's, like clark Ashes. do you remember, the, do you remember the name of it uh it is called it's a great title <laughs> yeah it is called the dead will cuckold you. that is indeed oh that's right <laughs> a, dra- a drama in six scenes according to Blackgate, it was never intended for performance which is exactly <laughs> why we until perform. now so wait what's our next one is uh oh, weaver in the vault uh i believe mm-hmm. it's weaver in okay. the vault so join us next time, Heinrich, for the Weaver in the Vault. Don't forget, nice. Mordigian is the god of Zolbasir. Well, 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 uh, I'm talking about that old double shadow. Now that's a podcast. Exploring the weird fiction. Dash and Smith.